Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do you like professional wrestling? Well, we like professional wrestling too. Late into the weekend, we are Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. Uh, a little housekeeping. Um, still cancer-free after a year and a half. That's good news. Uh, did not realize this, but uh, looked it up this week, Chris. Next week, 10 years of the show that would eventually become Shake Them Ropes. Hmm. <laughs> god there's and so you've many been here for like seven of them i think <laughs> i know uh, so many memories so gonna, many yeah, yeah. Here, here's a, here, i, I here, like here. to think of all the friends we made along the way <laughs> all of them in the voices of wrestling discord yeah <laughs> you go who's that jerk oh don't you know he works here <laughs> I've, I've seen that at least three times it's like look at this terrible opinion you know Jeff works for us, right? <laughs> uh, do you remember what... Uh, you probably won't, but uh, we had the most unoriginal name, Rob and I, for like five episodes. It was uh, Rob and Jeff Talk WWE. Mm. <laughs> that was the name of the show. But I'm trying to get him for a little bit of audio uh, to splice in for next week's show. Uh, I, w- I was going to ask you if you knew who PDQ Bach was, but I don't know if, if 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 this music conversation would go anywhere. No. Okay. Uh, kind of a parody satirist of classical music historian, but he knew his stuff, and that's how I learned a lot about classical music back in the day. So uh, we'll skip it. Uh, any banter you want to get out before we get to the graps? Uh, <laughs> I've been Ubering recently. And I guess I'll share an Uber story. The most are, are you a talk to people Uber or are you a. Uh, oh, hell I'm yeah. Gonna... Uh, oh, really? yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Do that. I mean, you got to read your got to read your people. But like you, if you're playing for tips, like, or I mean, let me put it this way. If you are doing Uber and you don't have a tip game worked out, you aren't actually doing Uber. You're just killing your car. You need to be getting tips. Because that brings up your hourly rate upwards of $30, $35 an hour if you can do that with your surge in the surges and all that stuff. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, like on, on the weekend nights and stuff, I, I can average that comfortably. So, but I was I was working during the week. I live right by the airport here. Um, we get like, you know, airport runs in New Mexico. I mean, because we don't have that many airports, sometimes you can get a long one that like pays a larger amount of money. Uh, and I had one that took me north of Santa Fe, like actually north and then south of Santa Fe. Uh, and I was coming back 
and I turn on like my little destination router that that gets you gets you rides on the way back so that you're not you know your ride home is not a total wash or whatever. Right. And I, and I have a stop uh, in a like suburb north of Albuquerque known as Bernalillo, and I I see my 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 customer's name Edwin, and I'm like. Oh, he's out in the boonies, but like everything in Bernalillo is out in the boonies. Like, you know, you know, you're north of Albuquerque at this point, but like south of Santa Fe, there's like nothing but reservation. So I drive out to the destination. It is a dirt road or like it is like a, you know, dusty, <laughs> dusty road. There are no houses. This is not a residential area. I see a car. I see my future passenger my and my new best friend, Edwin. Um, out on the side of the road, yelling at the driver of this car, his girlfriend, calling her a bunch of words that we, we try not to use on the show here mm-hmm. in a string and goes, that's my Uber. I'm getting in my Uber. And so then he gets into my car and he gets into my uh, passenger side rear back yes. and rolls down the window and proceeds to continue to repeat many of the words that I cannot <laughs> use here on the show out the window, like leaning out the window and goes, all right, Chris, man, I've had enough of that word I can't use. Let's let's go to a gas station. And I'm like, that's not what our route is here. He's like, no, let's, let's just stop at a speedway real quick. And I'm like, all right, fine. We can stop at a speedway. Like, you know, I'll get you something at the speedway. Sure, whatever. I'll hook you up with the tip. Okay, sure, whatever. Take him to the speedway. Cool. Um, it's closed though, because everything's closed because it's after 11 o'clock. So he's like, <laughs> let's go to another gas station. So I drive him to the second gas station. It's still closed because it's still after 11 o'clock. So he <laughs> wants to go to a third gas station. And I'm like, all right, Edwin, we go to the third gas station. There, his uh, girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, I don't know their current status. We We did not exchange numbers at the end of this incident. And she's there edwin gets out the car and he's like i'm gonna go with her and then he goes up to her and just starts swearing at her and like then he gets back in the car i'm like i thought you said you're gonna go with her i thought we were, i thought we were done he's like no one more gas station and then we're done or one more gas station then we go back and we're done and i take him to the fourth gas station it is also closed and edwin's like let's go to one more gas station i'm like no edwin we have gone to all of the gas stations. <laughs> you have two options now. You can go to one last well, gas station. I, I have a point of question. Did he ever tell you what he wanted at the gas station? I don't recall. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Because it I was ass- like beer, you could like make a recommendation. We'll go to a liquor store. We'll go I, here. I, I, I'm assuming it was booze. Uh, okay. I, 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 can, I can only assume he wanted to like grab a tall boy or something like that. You know, like for loco you know, if they were. Yeah, still yeah, be, yeah. Before <laughs> before midnight, right? I need a white claw. Let's go hit a gas station. So I take him to his final gas station because he chooses gas station rather than destination. And I'm like, Edwin, you now have to exit my vehicle. Um, he exits my vehicle. Books he gives me he gives me a two star review. Says that I am not polite, but tips three dollars. All right. Yeah. Are you appealing that rating? Uh, not the rating. I, I I wrote I you know I'll keep the three, and I I just have been telling the story as car banter recently. Well, I mean I mean that might lower your average. That's I don't know what what 
the deal is with Uber. No, no, I mean, you know, you get the other thing I try to do, you know, as I always tell people, make sure to review me, make sure to review me, make sure to review me just to pull up your average, but with the five stars, because like the five stars are the easiest to get. So you can just keep pulling your average up. Yeah, I've never given less than five stars. Yeah. Or or even less than a 50% tip, to be honest with you. So that's me. (laughs) Meanwhile, I have actually had people get into like, you know, the backseat of my vehicle and I have like a, you know, cash tip jar there. And and they're like, did someone leave their tip jar in your car, sir? And I was like, I had to stop and be like, that's actually my tip jar. It's customary in America to tip for service. Industry. Well, also, also because Uber, you know, you, you, if you give them cash, you get straight there as opposed to going through the company. So, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, somebody like, tried like, to steal your tip jar, probably. Hey, look, somebody left a tip jar in the back seat. Yeah. Well, I I grab the money out every every ride. <laughs> you know, no, no, I I don't. I, I leave like four dollars of seed money sitting in the jar, and then you know everything else. I just are, are you one of those cool Uber drivers that like has beverages and snacks in the back of your car? Um, I have a couple of bottles of water in case someone really needs it. Got it. Uh, I I have i am i am a cool uber driver in the sense that you know like i do have a vape pen and i have picked up people (laughs) from the airport who are excited to arrive in a state where weed is not under prohibition and i hand them the vape stick and they're very pleased okay well let's talk some wrestling then uh we can if we can (laughs) we we, are we gonna talk more uber Never mind. I can't think of the word I was going to use. Je- so. Jeffrey, you want you want to know how I made thirty five dollars taking a man to a taco truck? No, not really. Very <laughs> save, easily. Save it for next week. We can we no, can have. You're Chris, right. We can have you're Chris right. Novembrino's Uber stories as we got. Let's see. This will bring people back. Right. No. When you're sitting on a gold mine of content, <laughs> of banter content, like your old boy, the Nove Dog Awu. Uh, you don't want to fire all your bullets at once. You just kill them. You know, you, you, you murder the audience with, with so much quality that they don't want to come back. Top story Thursday, new Japan pro wrestling coming out with a release saying Kazuchika or Kazuchika or however you want to say it. He says it Kazuchika sometimes, but uh, nevertheless, Okada. I have it in print, so I can't practice the pronunciation. Okada is uh, will be uh, leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling as of the end of January. Destination unknown. Kind of a big deal, given that he is the biggest star in Japan, and this is something that has never happened before. Um most people seem to think he's going to uh, AEW because Tony has been posting some cryptic tweets about it being an awesome day, et cetera, et cetera. Still, a lot of people think that Nakamura is going to be the bridge between him and uh, Okada to bring him into WWE and that Cody Rhodes may also be talking to him a little bit behind the scenes. Um, but it's going to be a uh, interesting thing, especially if AEW signs him because now you've signed Jay White, you signed Shibata. You've signed Okada. You signed Omega. I mean, what is the it's use like, of it? It's like it's 2014 all over again. Yeah, but what do you need Forbidden Door for if you're just going to sign everybody from New Japan? <laughs> that's that's the question there. Uh, 
we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit, but uh, just uh, preliminary thoughts on Okada officially leaving and New Japan announcing it. I think him leaving is interesting just because it's really unclear where he's going to sign. Uh, I, I don't think it's super clear that he's going to AEW or WWE, and I think there's compelling arguments for him to go to either place. See, AEW, oh, AEW desperately needs a stabilizing ace, and it would be an interesting and potentially high-risk-reward gamble to try doing that with an international talent like Kazuchika Okada or Kazuchika Okada. But WWE, I think, especially with the way they're doing characterization now, seems to me to be the much stronger call for Okada. Okada going to WWE, I think they would have a good game plan for him, a good program for him, and a good presentation of him. They can make him feel like a really big deal. I agree with you on that point, because I was, I was pondering this today, and yeah, I mean, you, you have downfalls to wwe and, and a lot of people like in various discords and message well did they see what they did with nakamura it's like nakamura's in a feud with the top guy on raw right now have they done dumb stuff yeah but that was vince that was vince when, I, Nakam right. when nakamura came into nxt he, he he was part of the one of the biggest cards they ever had on his debut the one at the uh takeover in dallas which was a, a ticket that everybody was after. You know, that was the Sami Zayn match. And then you also had uh, Balor and Samoa Joe um, head, headlining that card. AEW's downside to me. Now, I get you're going to have so many great matches you could have, et cetera, et cetera. But Tony is, for lack of a better term, a little lazy on these types of things in terms of Assuming that everybody knows who this guy is, and then also kind of keeping the continuity there a little bit, like I could see, you know, he would if be you, Super Commander, right? Like I, I could very easily see Okada being. I wouldn't go that far. I would not go that far, but I would, I could see him like, oh, he's a part of chaos, and he's going to be palling around with the best friends, you know, as, as as a guy there. I mean, he'll be the ace of the best friends. Or something. I, I would think he would need a complete repackage in terms of being a big deal attraction and maybe not being on weekly television necessarily either. But the danger in that is, I mean, look, we've already had, uh, you know, the, the Don Callis family kind of put to the side a lot of times. And we thought Takeshita was going to be the that big ace that you might need in here. But it looks like because of the Omega stuff that they put that on the back burner a bit. So they don't really know. What to do here? I could see Tony just going, oh, yeah, another great wrestler here. And then, you know, Okada doing, you know, cheeky skits with the Young Bucks about stealing one of the Jackson's wardrobe like he used to do on Being the Elite. I mean, it's it's not all positive if you look at the AEW thing. because, And I think AEW needs him a lot more than WWE needs him. Um Especially, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't see a clean place where he fits into what AEW is doing storyline wise right now. Like, like where they having just changed champions 
it's a weird time to bring him in. I mean, theoretically, having him beat Samoa Joe would be a good debut. Um, but but the plan uh, is clearly that you're going to get that belt on Swerve. And, yeah, and you also have Hangman somewhere in the balance who might be another guy that you do before Swerve. And it, it yeah, no, I I could see that. And then and then again, you know, he could go to WWE, go to NXT, and they make him the Chase U Exchange student or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there's downsides to both. The thing in AEW to me is he'd need a mouthpiece. He would. I mean, they, right? They, no, there's no, there's no way he. Would and there's be no it. serious I'm, manager in AEW other than maybe Don Callis for seventy five percent of his act, but he's also a bit of a goof when it comes comes to things as well. So, you know, you don't have that Gary Hart with Muda type of thing where it's like he doesn't need to talk because he's such a badass in the ring type of a thing. Yeah, I mean, if Don Callis just completely disbanded the family and was singularly focused on Okada, he might be able to be a viable mouthpiece for Okada. Oh, Osprey was the guy I was trying to think of when I was thinking of four guys from New Japan. I have that as a note. It's like, yeah, they took four guys from New Japan. Yeah, Osprey is also now with AEW. They have an embarrassment of riches in terms of the quote-unquote work rate type stuff. But I also think they're overpaying for what they're getting. Yes, yeah, in terms I of mean, in terms it, of actual, it, you know, it, it, growth of the what, product, growth of the product, right? I I don't I don't know that any of this stuff translates to growth of the product. Over in WWE, major injury: Seth Rollins suffering a torn MCL and a torn meniscus on this past Monday night's Raw in his match against Jinder Mahal. No word on if he's going to try and rehab it and, and keep going or if he's going to get surgery or what the plan is now. But, uh, Chris, to me, it seems like on Monday's Raw that they ought to the have The wrong man play. won. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You're, it was time. You don't wish it was to hinder gender, huh? You know it would longer hinder gender. Uh, I think the cash-in from Damian Priest might be coming on Monday until they can figure something out. That's that's yeah. my opinion here. Um, boy, I, I I forgot to check which knee it was because remember he he came back before from a torn ACL, uh, in one of the knees and he was wearing a brace underneath there. I thought he stopped wearing the brace. I couldn't tell, but uh, yeah, that uh, and he was gonna be a major part of a uh, WrestleMania plan. So it I guess it just depends on the you know if it's slightly torn, maybe he can uh you know rest for a couple months and then do a match in March. That's kind of limited, but you know Seth Rollins isn't going to be limited. Uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on that? I mean, I, maybe he could come back and not be the Joker anymore. <laughs> That's your thoughts on his torn MCL. I hope that his <laughs> MCL doesn't come back as the Joker. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah, we can always pivot to Punk and, and Drew if we need to. I mean, but, you know, it's it felt like Punk and Rollins was going to be your mania match, and that was going to be a money match in there. So maybe we should hold off and just do Drew and Punk at mania, I guess. That'd be Yeah, that'd be good. Tony Khan announcing today on X during Collision that, hey, it's going to be a return of the ranking system on AEW, Chris. How excited are you for that new top ten? Well, you know, I've been saying this now for what feels like for most of my life that ever since the ranking system has departed from AEW, there's been 
a market and linear decline in the product. And I welcome the ranking system's return because I think it will bring narrative coherence uh, and consistency and quality control to the product that we have not seen um, since the good old days of Chris Jericho being champion. It's going to be gone in six months. Uh, you know, <laughs> here's the thing about you, Jeffrey. You don't believe. No, I don't. I'm a saint. Yeah, you don't. No, no. When yeah, when you think about, you don't believe in this company, and that's why all your no, that's why all your no, that's why all your takes are crap. It's why they all stink. Oh, jeez. Why, why is Jeff such a WWE stand? No, like, if you were a bigger fan of the company, you'd have better opinions about it. You would be rooting for them instead of criticizing them all the time. Right. Honestly, like negative takes hurt a company. This isn't a negative take. It's just it's not gonna... whatever. You you don't even you don't even know what's positive anymore. <laughs> he couldn't keep track of basically top five rankings before. I, I and now he has two shows with with the to men. do them. He was seeing other things in his visions than just simply numbers. There were letters, there were words, there were people. Sky blue. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the injury front in NXT, Cora Jade torn ACL. Looks to be out in our nine months after just coming back. And, and getting like heavily featured and yeah. pushed and like having so much of things moved around her. Yeah, they she toured at a uh, at a house show, I think, in uh, on the on the coconut loop, as they call it. But uh, yeah, and they've also uh, they've also now blamed somebody on TV for it. The uh, the newly rechristened Maddie uh, Renkowski, I think her name is uh, Ren something or other. They're blaming her now on TV so that there's a feud when she comes back. That uh, that's an interesting twist from NXT. Uh, you never so really you see that. Blame blame a baby face. Well, no, I th I think she's a heel. Oh, or no, no, actually, you know what? She was in one of those. Uh, yeah. She was in one of those Chase U skits. Yeah, it was one of the girls. So maybe, yeah, blame a baby face. Oh, and in another rechristening, this time on the good side from WWE, the artist formerly known as the uh, Brawling Brute Butch is now back to being Pete Dunne the Bruiserweight as of SmackDown last night, getting reintroduced in his team with Tyler Bate. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And with Ridge Holland back in NXT, he can be on his own. He can be. He can do British Strong Style with Tyler Bate. Um, this is nothing but a positive for me. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, having Pete Dunne back as Pete Dunne is extremely positive. And... I think this company needs only to give him a showcase match on Raw, like a 30-minute like feature match on Raw, where he can really show his stuff for people to be right back on board with this guy immediately. Debuts this past week. Nick Nemeth, AJ Francis, a.k.a. Top Dollar, and Dana Brooke debuted at TNA's Hard to Kill pay-per-view on Saturday. And also on Saturday at New Japan's uh, Battle in the Valley, Mustafa Ali appearing and and or not appearing on video and challenging Hiromu Takahashi to a match. I think that's going to be in Chicago, and I think that's going to be awesome. And then also um, Shota Amino getting attacked by Jack Perry, who ripped up an AEW contract and is calling himself the scapegoat. Mm. We are going heavy into the uh, <laughs> into the. Uh, 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 
fable, I guess, is what we should call it. Um, These men were not hurt during this breakup, and I don't know why anybody would act as though this breakup hurt these guys. Which breakup are we talking about? Uh, the breakup between CM Punk and AEW uh, and the gotcha. men of AEW. Yeah, you're, I mean, clearly, clearly the uh, the Jacksons and also Jack Perry have gotten over what happened <laughs> with, with <laughs> Phil Brooks. They are not hurt by the departure. They're not even referencing it at all. They're fine. Yeah. They're fine. They're not okay? going to. No. no, 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 they don't miss her. All right. <laughs> it's she means she nothing was, to me now. She never, she wasn't even that cool. All right. Like, and it wouldn't have worked out. Hey, there's no way it was going to work out in the first place. She's better so, off with that guy with the yeah. Mustang and the British accent. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, no, <laughs> whatever, man. Like these guys. I'm sorry. It, like, in addition to, I this, think we're going to talk about the Jacksons and the Lazy River. I got a feeling that they're they're going to come up. Yeah, for sure. We can we at once. It was it's there. It's a bad character, but the best promo that they've done in a long time. We'll talk about it. So that'll do it for the news. We are going to go into now into the aforementioned Lazy River of wrestling criticism. There is a lot of wrestling that is on television. We try and get to all of it. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do. Whatever we watched, whatever's on our mind, we're going to talk about it now. I am going to start because I want to give some flowers because uh, due to being late uh, last week and also uh, this week, I got a chance to watch SmackDown the past couple of weeks. And Bailey is the cornerstone of this WWE women's division. There are bigger stars. There are, there are, there are, uh, you know, Again, there are bigger stars. There are more heavily pushed acts. But watching that match with Bianca Belair, she's the cornerstone. And I, you know, I'm just gonna call my shot. I think Bailey's winning this Royal Rumble, and I'll tell you why. Because they always do one Raw winner and one SmackDown winner. And I think your Raw winner is gonna be in the men's side, and that's gonna be Cody. And I think Bailey's getting this, and she's gonna call out Io Shirai, and she's gonna get her or Io Sky, sorry, and she's gonna get her. One-on-one singles match at WrestleMania, finally. But, man, she is awesome. Uh, She just does all the little things. Uh, SmackDown's been quite entertaining. It's just, it's so late in the week that it's hard to get to for me and and Chris personally. But, you know, the AJ Styles, LA Knight, Randy Orton stuff's been kind of interesting, especially with the bloodline. Um, You know, they're doing some good things over there occasionally. But uh, your go, Chris. I really like the Judgment Day over on Raw. I think that it. I mean, I mean, this is kind of a familiar reprise talking point, but I just speak to think that speaks to the consistency of these stories. <clears throat> it's just funny enough to be comedy, like a break from comedy, but never so over the top um, that it diminishes the formidability of the judgment day they still always seem like a credible faction it's just you have our truth and his zaniness woven through it and our truth and damian priest have fantastic they're they're so they're so good together they're 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 such a good foil 
I'm grading on a curve here because I generally don't, again, I don't like comedy acts interacting with main event things unless they get beaten down um, to get heat. Uh, but I also know what WWE as a company wants this type of stuff for moments, for video packages later, for Hall of Fames and things like that. I'm, I'm going to ask a question here. And then there's a few other uh, there's a few other um, candidates for this. But, uh, you know, before I get to that prelude, some of our truth stuff has has towed that line of racist. And and, uh, you know, and he's dealt with it with good humor. But at the same time, it. You know, we've got we've gotten uncomfortable on this show talking about some things, but yeah, is he the best to ever do this kind of stuff for WWE? Because I mean, he's Santino got, was really good. He's got to be because he he. There's so many different times where our truth has had funny interactions with people. Like he does. He he brings out additional humor from the straight man. Like, and yeah. and he's a madman because he makes those guys corpse, even though you know the joke's coming. Yeah, that's the thing they <laughs> they came out with a Tom and Nick Mysterio T-shirt on WWE Shop. By the way, it's just two twin doms and and our truth. <laughs> it's the best. It, it's just so stupid. It's funny and and you know unrepentant stupidity is my thing. Um, yeah. Uh, continue though if if you have anything else on that. I I, I just, like I think. It, it works and even that the main the main event match with the awesome truth versus the judgment day it's don't a tag comedy. in <laughs> it's, it's that was that was funny like, yeah. like that it, like like so it there i have not laughed as much at wwe humor in a very long time and like i i don't it was I mean, a good I'm... week for WWE type humor if you like that kind of thing. Because over on NXT, both Adriana Grace and Von Wagner popped me. Like Adriana Grace, not the best wrestler in the world, but this character of hers, this beauty queen thing, where she's just so disingenuous to people that they turn her off and they leave. Like like the bit with her doing the speech while people left the locker room. I howled at that. And then Von Wagner and uh, Noam Dar, where Fon's basically asking him about the rules for the uh, uh, Heritage Cup, even though he knows what it is. I, I mean, Von Wagner has some sneaky anti-charisma, charisma, much like uh, much like the Lone Wolf, who also yeah, that that thing with Braun Breaker, the the a holes, also very funny. It was a good week for WWE style comedy, if you like. Yeah, I know. Um... I, I just and the kind of upward trend of the consistency of the writing and the consistency of the characterization. Drew McIntyre continues to be a really interesting and compelling character. Yeah. Uh, I in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. 
I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network wwe is increasingly a very easy watch even at its length like raw Raw didn't feel it was long because it's three hours, yeah. but it didn't feel like a chore. It wasn't an unpleasant. It wasn't an unpleasurable three hour show. No, I got two other notes for Raw. One good and one I don't understand it at all. Uh, <coughs> this uh, the Xavier Woods uh, Ludwig Kaiser match again, another banger in terms of guys just beating the crap out of one another. Absolutely loved this. Um, I think my question is, and Alex Pawlowski over at Fightful, my friend, um, brought this up, and I think it's an interesting question to ponder. Is it at all possible that this entire Imperium New Day feud is to set up possibly Big E versus Gunther and him being the one to break the streak? Mm. now i wouldn't recommend it because of the whole neck thing but i could or i could see like a six man type thing at mania where 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 biggie doesn't have to do a whole lot in there possibly as a feel-good story to have one last match because i don't think he's ever going to come back full time but this feels because we've now had kofi we've now had xavier they're going up against a three-man thing I, to me, it just feels like a setup to bring back Biggie in some way. I'm not sure how, but uh, I'm just going to put that out there. What do you think? That's certainly one option. I would suggest another (laughs) option is a classic friend of theirs. uh, The Big Show. 
shut up. Uh, <laughs> the one the one thing that I didn't uh, didn't understand. I have no idea why they gave um, Ivar the big win over Otis last week, only to have him lose to Tozawa. I like Tozawa. Don't get me wrong, but it felt like we we're trying to build him up as a singles type of guy. And now it looks like he's going to lose to Tozawa, and I think he's going to lose to Chad Gable also. And look, I, I'm sure Maxine's very nice. I don't think she brings a whole lot to the act necessarily, but uh, did this confuse you as much as it did me? I mean, I don't lose a ton of sleep over <laughs> what Ivar and Valhalla are doing on a regular basis because it seems like the planned kind of more heavy push of Ivar has been stopped. It is it's, Ivar, right? Not Eric. I'm, I'm right. It's on that Ivar. One. No, it's okay, Ivar. Yeah, it's okay. Ivar. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, uh, Eric's the bald, the bald, bald one. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, that just, that just was like, okay, I thought we were, we we're going to go, he's going to go through them and then he's going to like run into somebody like Bronson Reed. And we're going to have like two big hoss fights again. You know, we're getting a hoss league finally in raw and I'm all about that. Uh, your turn, sir. Um. Okay. Let's go over. I uh, let's go to the land of AEW. Yes. Let's. Um. What do you want to start with? Boy. Uh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Deanna Perrazzo, Anna J, and Timeless Tony Storm. Okay. <laughs> I. So. Last week. The way Deanna Prazo sort of set up the match with Anna J, the implication was that she was going to make an example out of Anna J's arm to Tony Storm. And that should have been the way this match finished off, not just simply a submission, but that like Deanna Prazo shows off a mean streak, especially given the fact that we have been casting Tony Storm as no less than a tweener here for the last several weeks uh i mean I, she's nominally a heel but is she they applaud her when she's coming out there's no booze she gets she pops never, yeah yeah i mean you know what is a heel with no booze you know what i mean like you, you can say dominic mysterio doesn't earn his booze but no one debates that he's a heel i don't understand bring in Deanna Perrazzo as a big deal and then having her do two 50-50 matches, one with Red Velvet, one with Anna J, and then cutting. It wasn't even, uh, I'm here to take your title, promo. It was, we used to be friends back in the day and I don't know what's happened to you. And then, and then, and then, it, it, it was such a weak uh, expository promo when all she needed, I'm going to, yes, uh, have her tear off Anna J's arm hypothetically speaking, and then say, I'm going to do the same to you, Tony. And, you know, red will be in your black and white film or whatever. Just, just something a little more menacing and a little more of a call out versus we're doing story and they have a backstory when they were in Japan together and everybody knows this. So, Hey, member berries for everybody type of a thing. Just do the straight up pro wrestling promo where I want to kick your ass and I want that title. And that's all you would need. And this was a problem in the Roddy promo as well. It's just the, the and because and, Roddy has to scream 
random stuff during the promo and, and instead of getting to it. And it's just that like, is not a, like screaming someone's name is not a tagline. This was never, this was not <laughs> a particularly funny bit to begin with, but only actually made sense when you were doing it with Adam, your best friend that you were just trying to annoy the shit out of. Like that was the whole premise of that being funny. It would be, it would be like, if every time I was trying to speak on the show here, I screamed Jeff's name and then tried to have a completely normal conversation. It only, it's Please only, don't. it's only funny because of the intimacy, right? Like it's not funny if you're just screaming like, you know, Becky, like, you know, like so, you know, someone random person's name. Like I don't, you know, know Becky. So like me screaming her name's not funny. It's funny when like, you know, you've known Paul your whole life and you're screaming Paul's name. Uh, I, to go circle back though, real quickly to the Don Parazzo thing. I also think that we used to be friends narrative doesn't actually work when Tony Storm is this timeless character. Like, yes, there's no time. So you can't, and there's no, and there's no history within this. Right. There's no history. Right. To do this, yeah, and and then Tony ate P- Diana alive, calling her a, a was it an overtanned hag, <laughs> on a week where she was taking crap for her appearance. I mean, uh, that was a little bad timing, I think, on that part. But yeah, no, uh, uh, she she so overwhelmed Diana Perazzo that I don't want to see a Diana Perazzo match now, which oh, yeah, is no. odd. Because I love Deanna Perazzo, and I, I think her and Tony Storm can have a great wrestling match. But this feud is so one-sided, and it still appears like the, the end game is Mariah. It, it just it just doesn't interest me. And this is like, I mean, the danger that someone like Okada needs to look at. Like, yes. Yeah, you know, it doesn't actually take that many weeks of bad presentation for the bloom to be off your rose in a serious way. Uh. Things I liked in AEW this week. Uh, one quick one, and then I'll expound on the other one. Uh, Dustin and Christian was just great old school comfort food for two guys over fifty who just know how to work. I I, I adored that match, but uh, the Hook Joe intro on Dynamite this week was fantastic. It was the best intro to Dynamite I think they've ever done. It hyped the main event. It told you to stay tuned for the main event. It told you who the two guys were in the main event. It told you everything you needed to know about the two guys in the main event. Now, once we got to the main event, it was a good match. I wouldn't say it was a great match. But for me, I think two things. Number one, uh, Hook needs a little bit of work on both selling and his comeback. Because his comeback looked like he was flailing a bit. And he looked small. Compared to Joe, of course, I wish he'd go on an excursion um, to Japan and 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 uh, and learn the ways of the Japanese. Let's put it that way. Um, but the story also was okay. This is Hook's moment. Everything should be focused on Hook. And and when they were doing the whole, you know, Joe beats him, Hook gives him the finger. Joe comes back to beat on him some more. That should have happened two or three times. And then you should have let Hook have his moment of just laying there in the ring, much like Orange Cassidy did when he lost the international title originally, and get the applause and make him a star star type star, not just a guy who had a great match and got some applause and got over with the crowd because he was over with this crowd going in. Instead, they poured it all of that shine 
over to Hangman Page making the save and also Swerve being in the audience and he's you know kind of a de facto baby face now so everybody's yelling whose house swerves house and doing the dance while you're supposed to be focused on on this great feat by hook standing up to the champ and going toe to toe and never quitting like joe should have kept coming back and beating him until joe was just like i'm fed up with this i'm going back out of here and i don't need this crap and then hangman could come out and help him up raise his hand and that's it but instead, I don't think yeah. Hangman should have come out to save Hook. I don't either. Hangman's promo in this new character that he's doing, which is somewhat reminiscent of a constipated Bill Shatner, <laughs> very much speaks in the language of a heel. That this this Adam Page character is like, I'm going to get the title back by whatever means necessary. Like So coming out and saving Hook... I think made no sense. It would have been more like they have Taz takes off his headset and he goes, this is hard to watch. At some point Taz should have gotten in the ring or should have gotten by the ring and visually been like sort of yelling at hook. Stop, you know, like stop giving him the finger or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like basically a father with- caring for his son at some point, you know, get that yeah. emotional connection in there type of a thing. Honestly, that would have really as this was good and in watching it i saw the potential for this to have been great uh the you you were right to highlight the intro package and stuff at the start of the show really nice stuff in terms of hook's offense i think he needs to waylay into people more especially on that comeback it needs to look more you said flailing um, it needs it does it needs to be more Tasmanian devil like that that it is just like a whirlwind of like cl- clobbering blows. Um, his boxing offense though needs to look more real and convincing. Yes. and that's right what now. I meant by flailing because yeah. he's dressed yeah. in the boxer shorts and he's yeah. doing wide swings like this, yeah. and instead yeah, his... of just doing you know tight jabs and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, and like like basically he should be speed bagging a guy, like hitting him with like upwards of, you know, 30, 40 blows. Like in the commentary should probably put over that like when Hook gets going, he has the fastest strikes per second of yes. anyone in the company, something like that. And, you know, uh, it, these sorts of things would go a long way, especially in a comeback. Uh, I I liked, I mean, there's a there was a lot to like about the match, but yes, not having Taz more Taz should have given up the veneer of being objective yes. halfway through the match. Yes. No, that and, that's a great call. I haven't heard anybody talk about that yet. Like he should have went into the match trying to be professional. And then as the match progressed, as Joe's aggression continued and as the possibility of his baby boy winning the title increased taz should have basically broken from his commentary character and like said i gotta leave and take off the headset and go down and manage his kid i'll give hook a lot a lot of credit because that that uranagi he took into the announce table looked like it sucked to take it looks like he took that thing neck first and then he immediately took a power bomb onto the apron um i haven't heard that he's injured but if he was, 
and he kept going. You know, uh, I mean, <clears throat> that that Yurinagi sh- shot, I just, I, I, I howled because I thought he was, you know, I thought they had knocked him out legit. But uh, Joe is the best champion they've ever had in this company, and I kind of don't want him to be a transitional champion. I kind of, <laughs> long may he live. Um, yeah, your turn. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Joe Joe has been an incredible stabilizing force for this company. I guess now we have to move to the mustachioed young bucks here. <laughs> um, you want first shot at this? Go ahead. Yeah. So I'm going to probably surprise you with the opening salvo here. This is my favorite young bucks promo that they've done in a long time. Because at least they have a freaking character here. Uh, that being said, I, I don't care about executive vice president wrestler characters that are meta commentaries on what they actually are. And I also think, like, there's a weird. So the type of person who would like want to do a bizarro character of themselves as a dick on television as sort of a way of saying I'm not a dick is the type of person I'm inherently skeptical of being a dick. I'm going to add a a wrinkle to your analysis on there, because if you haven't figured this out, they're doing, um, they're not only parroting themselves as EVPs, they're, they're doing uh, double Vince McMahon's. Vincent, you know, they're now calling themselves by their real names. They have the mustaches. They've used a couple of buzzwords that Vince has used in terms of, uh, uh, you know, like change the world, I think was one of them. Um, but, uh, I agree with you on the office politics stuff. I, 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 I've long said, I don't like office politics. I don't like heel authority figures. I don't, like I also things. don't really care about a parody of Vince McMahon at 24. I agree. I, I, I will Here here was my note. Um, cause I also kind of agree with you that this is the best pair. This is the best, uh, promo they've done in a long time on television, which is a low bar as you also have stated. I don't think they went absurd enough. They're towing that line of being satire, and they're getting too much praise. I, I I love Brian Alvarez. I think he's the best at it here. But they over he overpraised this way too much on Observer Radio. Um, they're not absurd enough. They're towing that line of, uh, you know, being cheeky and making meta references. Where if they were going to just be absurd, we're executive vice presidents and keep that absurdity when talking about Sting. You know, Sting, terrible employee, didn't have the decency to put in his two weeks notice when he decided to he was going to hang him up or whatever. You know, doing that kind of absurd officer type stuff and going into the absurdity of the character choice that they've made. Instead of just going, they went half-assed with the absurdity. Is my point. They they they're they're trying to be clever, instead of absurd, which is what they're doing. They they're being, you know, I mean, everything about them is being absurd. You know, they, they, even the setup should be, you know, Renee, you should have to come to our office to speak to us because we are executive vice presidents now. We don't need to come into these chairs, et cetera, et cetera. They need to go heavier into how being how stupid this thing is to really get these guys over as heels. I know everybody's gonna gonna go with the uh 
insidery references and oh you know you know look for easter eggs and stuff like that but as a pro wrestling character this is where being more broad would work i think yeah i mean if they're gonna be the executive vice presidents i think two things need to happen one if you're really gonna do this they need to actually have more of an active role in terms of on screen you guys are having a match matchmaking sort of things like you're the vice presidents like you you should be kind of doing that sort of thing and second i think they need to be actually just more completely irredeemably bad yes I, you know, like i think that that's what i even, meant too yeah, yeah it's not mean. not not even about yeah about absurd not like seth rollins ha, ha, ha. i i like i want them to i mean be, bad people as executive uh, yeah, vice president that's I want what them, i meant yeah i want yes. them to be dicks like like they should have an interaction with sting where they're completely disrespectful to him they should have fired renee that would be good at but the end of the like, interview, this interview, at, this interview did not meet our expectations. You're fired. That would have been great. That would have been great. Yeah. Like, and, and like, that would be a good little minor storyline too. Like we're, you know, two weeks off for Renee or whatever. And yeah, that would be great. I, yeah. I, just, just being bad vice, bad people who are vice pre- executive vice presidents. Yes. That's all you need to do, really. But they need to be actually bad. Yes. You know, yeah. And that, that's the problem is like right now it's like, Ha ha! I'm I you know I'm kind of a you know jerk, but they're yes, not, yeah. yeah, they're not bad. They're playing yet. Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy from uh, Trading Places type of jerks. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Where they're making a bet for a dollar to see if you know what they could do to people. To yeah, Mortimer, Mortimer and Randall. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I wanted. It's odd that I'll ever tell the Bucks to go heavier into things. This is one that needed to be heavier. From them because now they're 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 being um not obtuse is the word for for I mean it, it it's a half-assed character choice to me but uh yeah your turn sir uh what wasn't that my turn oh it was okay yes we uh, yeah I felt like I talked most of it though uh, oh 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 so that's how that's how we're scoring these now <laughs> we don't really score no <laughs> we have I, points this... uh. Little love also back in the NXT territory. I really enjoyed that uh Anofi and, and Malik Blade match versus Trick and Mellow. Right? That was actually pretty freaking entertaining. Yeah, uh, I, I think Anofi thought... and Blade have really improved. And look, I really liked Malik Blade in the sweater vest. I gotta admit, I thought that was a clever <laughs> character choice with the more flashy Anofi. But um these two teams worked very well together i thought yeah no great chemistry nice combination of high-flying offense and ground offense like good good ratio of that for for my taste uh and a really nice pace to this i i thought that this was pretty good uh the next segment on nxt obafemi closing the open challenge i i thought was a bit lame um, oh really I, okay yeah I, I like the actual idea of closing the open challenge i thought that was good i just thought the promo way overstayed its welcome i he liked should've... i liked him a lot at first when i thought he was a baby face and then he shifted to being a heel and you're like no oh, these guys want to cheer him let him be cheered 
type of a thing. Uh, he had good poise. Like he was doing, uh, was it the laughing or he was doing kind of an LA night thing when LA night goes. Yeah. When he's end- ending a point, I forgot what it was. He was doing though. It was like a growl or something towards the end. So he could recenter himself for the next line. And I thought, that was an interesting choice given how little experience he's had doing this type of thing. Um, yeah, Dra- Dragon Lee and, and, and Obafemi does nothing for me, though, in terms of a match. Dragon Lee lost. Here, here is a big problem for me, too. So Dragon Lee is guaranteed a rematch yes. for his championship. By, like WWE has had that established and that even went away and then it came back. Obafemi can't take away rematch clauses. No, and and because he won via a cash-in versus an actual match, he should be required to have to defend against the champion in a one-on-one match. Yeah, that, That's right. always been yeah. good storytelling to me. Um, bad storytelling, if I may. We did all this work for Lyra Valkyria with Becky Lynch and her, you know, you know, She's she's the next Irish star to come out there. She worked hard. It was a very endearing story that they told with her. Great match with Becky Lynch. To then stick her in this stupid single white female feud with Tatum Paxley I, I imitating her. I will not her. hear this, sir. I will not hear this, sir. This is Tatum because Paxley. Lyra Valkyrie has improved on promo. She's improved on poise as champion. She, I, I wasn't a huge fan of hers before, and she's started to... I've started to warm up to her, and but this this thing is this sucks, Chris. I'm sorry, it sucks. I I can't stand it, you know, with the feathers, and we're going back to the lore stuff, and I don't want the lore stuff. I want her to just be a good champion, and, and it's and instead we're getting you know single white female again. You know, it, it's just it's it's ridiculous, and I hate it. Yeah, I I can't say that the Tatum Paxley character is the best thing in the world uh, she does good work yes but like, like i was like the character work she's doing when she's mimicking is actually pretty good it, and... mimicking and also even like modulating the way she does offense in the ring to be more lyra valkyria yes like, like i i thought that was pretty cool but um, but the story but sticks. The story sucks yeah i know i'm with you i'm with you i don't disagree on that how are we um, feeling about Roxanne and getting thrown in there with Lyra? Because I think it, what's going to happen is either Tatum screws Lyra there, or she cheats, and they and then we're going to end up turning them heel or something like that. Or there's going to be that uneasy alliance like Sting and Luger. But I, I just it's one of those things where it's like we're going back to Roxanne. I think way too early. I think Roxanne actually should be moved up after Mania, but that's me. But uh, what yeah, are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean. I I would turn Roxanne heel, but then oh, really? Yeah. Oh no, I would never turn Roxanne Perez heel ever, ever. That's it's just it's one of those things where it's like that's like Bailey when she was in the hugging phase. Everybody wanted to turn her heel because you know this gimmick doesn't have a lot of shelf life. And look, no, I I, I think that they have written themselves into a corner with Roxanne right now, where she okay. needs at least a short term heel turn. All right, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, like I just... you know, you, it could be a she lost her way sort of heel turn. Well, they've uh, been and... hinting at that a little bit from yeah. time to time too. You know, where she's being a little more aggressive on interviews and things like that. I just, I just, 
Chris, as as big a cynic as I am, I just want something pure and optimistic in this in this world. And that That's was why Roxanne you have Perez. me. No, oh God, no. <laughs> I I'm nothing if not pure and innocent. Oh yeah, that's what I think of when I think of the no. That, me too. Me too. No dog is pure. Awu. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? I don't know that I do. Uh, no, I think I'm good here. Uh, okay, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You're sure? Last chance before I end the show. No, I was like looking at the low vice thing, but we just kind of already talked about that. I think Lola continues to be, you know, solid, good screen presence. Boy. Carmen, uh, not Carmen Electra. Electra Lopez. Electra Lopez. Thank you. Boy, went from went from being part of the uh, part part of a uh, Legato del Fantasma to now getting being the person who's going to put Lola Vice over. That's just uh, yeah. No, that, that that women's battle royal was nothing special, but I thought there were some you know high, I, you know I always think Kiana James is good. Uh, Thea Hale is just a maniac. She's great. I don't, I don't know what we're going to be doing with this OnlyFans Chase You story. I'm a little frightened by that, to be honest with you. You know, the AL still here somewhat to me, but, you know, it's, it's you know, it's one of those things. But uh, you're a big Lola Vice fan, so I'll let you have it. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> well, end the show there. You can follow me on X at Crap Game 13. You can also follow the show, Shake Them Ropes, all one word. I update that when we uh, upload things. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Still going strong after 10 years for us. Uh, lots of podcasts for all your uh, all your various fandoms. If you're a fan of Puro, you, can, you got shows for that. If you like, uh, you know, if you like TNA, I believe, you know, Garrett Kidney does great work for that. TNA historian. We have uh, Days of Thunder. We have The Good, The Bad, The Hungy. And, of course, the flagship with Joe and Rich. I do a show called The Dynamite Show. Very original title over on Fight Game Media. On- what do you guys talk about? I think we talk about Dynamite about 20 minutes after the show ends. This week it was myself and Kevin Ely bring it down. He has a very drawl, dry sense of humor, so we got along really well on there. Uh, that's available on all your various podcatchers or on YouTube live 20 minutes after the show. Chris is here. He, he can be your personal Uber driver if you wish to hire him and tip him and give him better star ratings. Uh, he also does uh, guitar lessons and uh, is basically hustling out there. Chris, plug your stuff. Yeah, if you want guitar lessons, follow me on Instagram, instagram.com slash D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. Uh, and if you want Uber rides, just message me. I mean, like, get them without the app. It's way cheaper that way. Or hire Chris as your driver, your butler. <laughs> would, would, you, would, you, would you wear the uniform if I hired you as my butler or as my driver? Like the no. hat? Be like driving Miss Daisy. It'd be a lot of fun. How, how, mu- how much would you pay? Uh, minimum wage. No. <laughs> Plus tips. No, I'd pay well. I, I can't afford you. You're too right. expensive. No, no, no that, that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm a $40 an hour man. We'll see you next week for the 10th anniversary spectacular. Oh, my God. Can't wait. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate.